Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive, and I'm Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. This podcast is brought to you by our supporting community, our faithful supporters who provide what we the resources that we need so that we can provide you with this free content. Thank you so much for our faithful supporting community. I want to talk about this idea of communication and building relationships in this podcast, but I want to take it to a, a not only a granular level, but by implication, a deeper level. I want to talk about what I call one of the missing links in in too many relationships and maybe the majority of relationships. And as you listen to this podcast, what I would love for you to do is to examine your own relationships, those that are closest to you. Perhaps you are married. Well, of course, you want to do that. You want to examine that relationship. If you are a parent, you definitely want to examine how you relate to your children. Now, siblings, you can do this as well, or or teenagers with your friends, your church friends. You, you can take this podcast and see how how well you are doing at building true, in-depth relationships. And of course, as you examine your church with humility, as you think about honestly how your church is doing this podcast, well, it would be fantastic. Men's groups, ladies' groups, as well. The thing is that many marriages, families, and churches, they have a common link, and it's a missing link. And the word that I'm going to use in this podcast is the word fellowship. That is the missing link. As a matter of fact, I have titled the podcast and the article on our website this way. Here it is. Fellowship is the missing link in most relationships. Now, please understand that when I use the word fellowship, well, I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about a social conversation. I'm not talking about sitting down necessarily and having a meal with someone, though that could be part of it. But biblically speaking, biblically speaking, the word fellowship is when two or more people willingly, humbly, openly, transparently, honestly, vulnerably share themselves reciprocally with each other. And so that's what I mean by going into a granular level, getting into a detailed level of of this idea of communication and, and building relationships. And as you're hearing this, you have to think. A rational person has to think, well, that's easier said than done. It is. It really is. In fact, you, you may hear someone say that the people in their church do not want to go deep. Well, if, if going deep means willingly, humbly, openly, transparently, honestly, vulnerably, sharing yourselves reciprocally with each other, well, duh. Well, no wonder. But most people, I would say that most people don't want to do this. I, I don't want to do it for various reasons, which I'll get into. But having this kind of communication... It, it's, you just don't want to be harsh at judging a church or another person for not doing this because there's there's a lot to it, and there's risk involved. And some of you who are listening to this podcast, you've been burnt. Uh, you know there's risk involved because you have lived it. You have been vulnerable, and some of you have gone so far that you've completely shut down, and, and you, you won't go there again. 
But there are people who are wary of the same old, same old social conversations, and they want to have more in-depth relationships. Now, I I don't want to throw shade on their complaint because I understand the complaint, and I appreciate the fact that they want more in-depth relationships. But but my point right now is that it's important that you understand that this desire, as good as it may be, is, is challenging to realize. It is so rare that, honestly, when Rick and Lucia go looking for a church, we have never made this idea of fellowship as a deal-breaker, meaning if the church doesn't have these kinds of relationships, we're not going to be part of it. Now, we've never elevated the bar that high to include fellowship at that level when we have gone looking for a church. I'm not trying to be cynical here, but honestly, we just don't expect it because of the challenges that's involved. Instead of having that approach where we are expecting it and it's a deal breaker if we don't see it in the church, we take another approach. We just ask folks within the local body, our church right now that we attend, that we are a part of, we've known this church for 20-something years and know many of the relationships. Now, some of those relationships, we actually have this, we have fellowship with them. But rather than complaining about the church, what we have historically done is that we have asked the Lord to bring us these types of people, people who want this very thing in their lives, and we want to build a relationship with them. For us, it's more important to lead by example And so whatever it is that you want, if you want this kind of communication, this kind of relationship in your life, or maybe it's something else, but in the context of this podcast, if you want these kinds of in-depth relationships, then the first thing you want to do is to be a credible and genuine example of it. I mean, honestly, it would be wrong-headed to complain about anything and, and not do all that you can do to be part of the solution. And so as we are asking the Lord to bring these relationships to us, we want to explore how we can build in depth with a few of them. And all along the way in our married life, the Lord has brought a few people, a small number of people who actually they want to do this. They they are hungry to be willingly, humbly, openly, transparently, honestly, vulnerably to share themselves reciprocally with us. But by and large, you don't see that in the local church. And again, I don't mean to be critical about that. It's just a statement of fact. But if you take one step backward from the church, well, if you take one step back from the church, you're going to step into the family because it is the family that makes up the local church body. The church is the sum of its parts. And so any local church can only be what the individuals and the family units are within that local church. And if the church does not have a vision or a practice of biblical fellowship, as I have described it here thus far, well, it doesn't make sense to expect it in the families. Now, there are always a few outliers. There's a few types of these relationships within any local church. For the most part, if it's not happening in the homes, it won't be happening in the church. The church can't be what the families are not. You see, after a couple marries each other, it's usual for them to start talking less, not more. It it really is. In the beginning, the lovers may have been talking heads in the dating relationship specifically. They couldn't get enough of each other. 
But marriage is the context where you can quickly get enough of each other and and the drift from each other begins. Now, I realize the busyness of life can have something to do with it. The pace of life can be intense. But this talking less problem that happens in marriage where they're not they're not pulling into each other and maturing in their communication, but yet they're drifting apart. Part of it is that in marriage, you're learning each other in ways that dating does not reveal. If you put two sinners in a box in a 24-7 way, meaning two sinners, now the dating couple gets married and they live in a home, two sinners in a box in a 24-7 way for weeks and weeks, the irritations will escalate and a desire to take a break from each other will increase. And so that's what happens in marriage. Rather than continuing this journey together into more in-depth communication and relationship, they actually start separating because they don't know how to live with each other and all of their annoyances and inadequacies and sins. Now, perhaps at this point, it would be useful to define the word fellowship so that you know what I'm saying and where I'm heading. When most folks hear that word, they typically think of gathering in a room in a church building to eat food. And that's not what I'm talking about. I don't mean that at all. Fellowship is not about food. It could be. I mean, it could be part of fellowship, but really fellowship is not about food. It's about a genuine friendship. It's how you build in-depth relationships. And so let me give you my definition of fellowship, and then I'll build it out from there. Fellowship is two people who are willing to reveal their entire relationship with God, with each other. And so some of the parts are two people, obviously, willing, big part, willing to reveal, reveal what? Their entire relationship with God. They're willing to reveal that with each other. When I talk about your relationship with God, you and I, everyone has a two-sided, every Christian has a two-sided relationship with God. We have a good side where everything's going swell and we're appropriating the grace of God in our lives and we're really just crushing it, or maybe not crushing it, but at least we're hitting the T-ball off the (laughs) T. And then there's another area where, eh, we're not doing that hot meaning there are areas where you're nailing it with the Lord and there are other areas where you're not everything that you should be. That is the two-sided relationship that every Christian has with God. Now, God knows this. Obviously, he sees in the dark, and you know it too. You know where you're doing well and not so well, but other people don't. And so biblical fellowship is when you begin to explore with another human being the possibilities of sharing your full experience with God with them. Now, when you find a relationship like this, where you can be who you are, the good and bad of you, with another person, and they accept you and and humbly love you and want to help you, oh my word, that is biblical fellowship. Now, for the record, it's exceptional to have more than a handful of these friends. I know some of you are listening to this thinking, handful? It's like, give me a fingerful. I don't have anyone like this in my life. And ideally, that's what you want. You want at least one person in your life that you can have this kind of total reciprocation with, and preferably that person is your spouse if you are married. 
But, and to be self-disclosing here, after Lucia and I tied the knot, we assumed that we would continue on this wonderful journey of fellowship that would take us into the depths of more revelation and enjoyment of each other. Guess what? All we got was more revelation. We got the more revelation part. We didn't get to the enjoyment part, at least not initially. You see, the more that was revealed, the more we learned about each other, the more irritated we became with each other. And that's how it goes too many times. And so rather than learning and loving each other, we did the very thing that I've been talking about here. We started drifting apart. We were two sinners in a box, and we didn't like what we were seeing and experiencing. And so we just drifted. And to make matters worse, we didn't respond well. And we didn't have a sin plan. A sin plan is a way to respond biblically, meaning redemptively to, to each other. And rather than than understanding that we're two fallen people and we need a sin, sin plan, we need a way of, of responding to each other, what we did is we just complicated matters. Now, the long story short is we repented eventually. And the way it happened honestly, was we sovereignly stumbled on this idea of fellowship. I say sovereignly stumbled because you don't accidentally stumble over anything because God is sovereign. We make our plans. He orders our steps. God does see in the dark. He knows the beginning from the end. He is in control of our lives. He's leading us. And so if you stumble, you sovereignly stumble, not accidentally. Just a theological point there. And so he allowed us to sovereignly stumble over this idea of fellowship. And as we begin to think about what was wrong with us, we begin to see the missing link. Oh, my word. It's not that we didn't talk to each other, but a significant part of our lives had a bolted door. And behind that door was our full relationship with the Lord. We were willing to share the things that we were doing well. I had a relationship with the Lord, and Lucia had a relationship with the Lord. Both parts are good and bad parts. They were unique to us, the positive and the negative. Some things were going well, a few things were not going so hot with each of us, but the problem was that we were willing to talk about those things that were going well, but tentative about being vulnerable with each other. And as you might imagine, it takes a lot of faith. See, once you get that far down the road where you've disappointed each other and annoyed each other so many times, there's a lot of water under the bridge. And when you try to right the train at that point, it takes a lot of faith, a lot of work, a lot of trial and error to recover such a marriage. That's why if you're just getting married, it would be ideal to understand these things right now so you don't build up so much collateral damage in your lives to where it it can really be hard to rebuild a marriage at that point. It can be done, definitely can be done, but it's hard. Because at that point, who wants to open up first? (laughs) Who wants to trot out some vulnerability out there? Who wants to take the risk? What if it goes poorly? And by the way, it will go poorly. How do we persevere? And you have to persevere. So many questions, a lot of uncertainty, Lots of disappointment in the process. Well, the end of the story is that we did persevere. God was merciful. We repented enough. We reconciled imperfectly. But here's the thing. We determined that we were going to do this. We just 
stubbornly determined that we're going to persevere through this. We were we had no plans of reclaiming what we had initially. That was that's your dating relationship. No, we wanted to blow past our dating relationship and we wanted to explore the fullest depths of each other. And so we planned We planned to experience the best possible one flesh union. And that was the the end of the story. And God in his mercy put us on that track that we started on when we were dating. You see, you become one flesh the day you marry. But the fullest practical experience of it takes all of your lives. And so if the Lord gives you 50 years, 70 years together, you'll continue to get deeper and deeper and deeper. A husband and wife began as a dating couple, not knowing anything about each other. Hi, my name is Rick. I am the fourth child and kids. There's five of us. Lucia says, hi, my name is Lucia. I'm the third child, and there's four of us kids. We don't know nothing about each other. And then we start talking, and we talk, and we learn, and we grow together. That is the process of becoming one flesh. It's a relational adventure. Unfortunately, after marriage, as I've already said, you discover more. But rather than resisting the more difficult and annoying things you are learning, the revelations that you are gaining about the other person, you keep pressing into each other. It's a 50-year plan of pressing into each other. Part of why you want to know more about your spouse, honestly, think about this. One of the reasons you want to know more about your spouse is because you want to cooperate with the Lord in the discipling of that spouse. I'm talking about a wife discipling her husband, a husband discipling his wife. That's part of this relational adventure. I mean, it has to be by implication, because if you get to know another person more and more, well, guess what? There's going to be unsanctified things that you're going to learn. And so now you're on the Lord's restoration team, which is a spouse's call to help their mate to realize their fullest potential in in Christ. And they can't do this without your help, which is why fellowship is so vital in the marriage. Of course, if you don't know how to repent biblically, then you will not enjoy biblical fellowship. All you will do is you will discover more stuff about each other, and without a sin plan and knowing how to repent biblically, it'll just have mounting mounting frustration. I mean, to repeat, what you're going to learn about any person after you spend time with them, no matter who that individual is, are unsanctified things. I mean, you'll learn a lot of good stuff, too. And that's important. But you're going to learn unsanctified things, which means that there's no way to get deeper with someone without learning unsanctified things about them. Now, the ideal is for you to find a friend who is willing to go there with you. You hope to reveal your animating center with them, meaning your fullest relationship with the Lord. And so you start by appropriately modeling it in your life. If it's a dating relationship, you do it appropriately. You don't start with, hi, my name is Rick, and I'm the fourth of five boys, and and here's all the stuff. No, you don't unload the wagon as soon as you meet someone. That's why it's important to add the word appropriately in front of the word modeling. You start by appropriately modeling it in your life. This kind of relationship, this kind of fellowship is not for the timid. 
Now, I realize that many Christians, some, are listening to this podcast now, and they can be very cynical about these things because of the things that have happened to them. And I I do understand shaping influences can have too much control over the mind of the hurting soul. It, it really does. And so the first thing that you really need to do is that you need to acknowledge your need for human companionship. I mean, even if you have been hurt, and many of you have, and I do understand this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to guilt you or to force you to just jump headlong into a relationship and go at it again when you've just been hurt by it in such a bad way. But you do have to acknowledge that there is a need within all of us for human companionship. It is not good for any of us to be alone. Now, the reason for that is, is because we, we're image bearers. We were created by the original community, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. The Trinity created us. We're made in the image of a community, and that's why there's something within us that makes us want to long for companionship. And so even if you have been hurt, again, you don't have to go out and just plunge deep into it today, but would you, please, would you just acknowledge that there is a need for human companionship? And, and I'm not speaking of marriage exclusively, though it could be marriage, but at least one genuine friendship. And then after you acknowledge your need, your next step is, well, I mean, just just be honest about how comfortable, how uncomfortable it will be. You see, opening up appropriately, and I've said that a couple of times, appropriately to other people, it's harder for some people than others. Sadly for a few people, as I have been describing, they come from backgrounds where this kind of vulnerability has not gone well. They have experience. They have been there, done that, and they 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 don't know what it's like to live in grace motivated grace filled relationships that aren't punitive and their shaping influences tempt their spidey senses to resist fundamentally flawed people which is everybody they want to resist people and so i understand this they are more self protective than self disclosing and it can take years for them to become comfortable enough to let anyone enter their real world, the real world of their thought life. And unfortunately, some of these dear folks never get to that place, choosing rather to live in that self-torturing, dualistic life where there is a discordance between who they know themselves to be internally with the person that they project themselves to be to others externally. Now, perhaps you have tried to be friends with this kind of person. And if, if you've tried to be friends with people, and if you've tried to pr- pursue in-depth relationships, well, you have bumped into these kinds of people. And my appeal to you would be to guard your heart. You don't want to judge them harshly. Because that doesn't help. It complicates. You can judge them. Judge them from who they are. Like ju- assess What I mean by is assess them for who they are. But rather than being unkind or impatient because they're not doing it as fast as you want to do it, perhaps the Lord will use you as their gentle restorer. Here's the point. Horrific shaping influences are dastardly things. Most Christians will not want these kinds of relationships, fellowship, as I have been describing here. 
Some of them just don't know how to develop them. Again, others have experienced so much hurt that they just won't go there. And if you are the person that wants these types of relationships and you pursue them, what you're going to get more than these types of relationships is you're going to get more needy relationships in your lives. You're going to get more counseling type relationships than reciprocal relationships, but that's okay. That's okay that God would position you in these hurting folks' lives to be able to help restore them. And then all along the way, well, the Lord will give you maybe one, maybe two pers- two people who really want to reciprocate with you. And so after you determine that this is something you want to do, you want to develop a plan. Part of making a plan with a fellowship focus is asking each other, the other person, you both asking each other the right questions. And I'm not talking about the standard social questions. Those are just start as your starter pack that kind of gets you going because small talk leads to deep talk. But but you won't you don't want social type questions. You know those questions. What you want are soul questions. You want to think about soul questions, things that you can talk to each other about. And so I'm going to close this podcast, and I want to give you a non-exhaustive list of questions. They're here in the call to action. I don't know how far I'll get in them, but I want to share some of them with you just to give you an idea of some of the things, some of the questions that you can use to talk to other people, to explore this idea of reciprocating in in the idea of biblical fellowship. And again, the title of this podcast is Fellowship is the Missing Link in Most Relationships. And if you want to find this article, you can just type two words, missing link, into the search box of our website, and it'll come up for you. You can also type the word fellowship, and that will work as well. All right, so let me hit some of these questions just to give you an idea of what soul questions, what fellowship questions are. Again, they go beyond your your, your standard social questions that is in everybody's starter pack. Uh, question number one, what precisely is God doing in your life? It's a very basic question. And as you ask this question, be willing to share good things as well as areas that aren't so hot. And so when you ask, what is God doing in your life? Well, most people are going to land on sharing, well, God has done this, God is good, God is great, who do we appreciate? We're going to share good things with, with them. But then remember, you have a two-sided relationship with the Lord. You have a positive and a negative, to use that kind of language. And so be ready to share some areas where it's not going so great. And God is working in your life in that way, too. And so what precisely is God doing in your life? Question number two, what has he taught you this week? Now, as you talk about this, make it practical. I mean, practicalize it to your life. Don't just give the nugget of the day, but talk about how he's changing you. Uh, sometimes when we talk about, you know, what God taught me this week, what the Lord is teaching me this week, oh man, I read this verse in the Bible and I realized this Greek word means blah, blah, blah. And it's just, oh, I just had no idea that word meant that. I mean, please stop it. Just stop it. Or don't stop it, actually. Go beyond that as you share the nugget of the week or the nugget of the day and that Greek word 
make it practical. Okay, great. That word means that. Now, how are you applying that to your life? Question number three, and and this is kind of the same thing. How are you applying what you're learning? This question is an elaboration of what I just said because I really want to punctuate the point that you go beyond Bible knowledge too often. We just share what the Bible says or what we learned from the Bible. There's a place for that. I'm not downplaying Bible. <laughs> I'm not downplaying Bible knowledge. I'm really not. But it's Bible knowledge plus. Bible knowledge plus. Always Bible knowledge plus. This is what I learned, and this is how I'm applying it to my life. That's when you get into fellowship. Number four, how have you failed in some area of spiritual or practical responsibility. Now we're exploring the negative side of your relationship with God. Question number five, how have you succeeded in modeling Christ to others? Well, that's the positive side of your relationship with the Lord. Maybe how have you succeeded in modeling your relationship with God to your spouse or or to your children? You don't want to always talk about where you you're kind of stinking at Christianity. You also want to rejoice in God's goodness, and so you want to share that as well. Number six, what are your plans regarding your commission to go and make disciples? I'm talking about your sphere of influence initiatives. What are your what are your sphere of influence initiatives? Because as you talk about going and sharing Christ, it may reveal your fears and your frustrations about reaching others. It will begin to explore. You'll begin to elaborate on your relationship with God as you talk about your initiatives to go out and share Christ. There's more questions here that you are welcome to read. Again, the title of the podcast and the article that I've just shared with you is Fellowship is the missing link in most relationships. There's also an infographic here that you can look at, and that would be great. If any of you have a mind to and you're able to, if you can support our ministry, please go on our website and learn how you can give. We do need your support. It costs a lot of money to share and put together these resources. And if you're able, don't be guilted into it, but if you can support us, it would be fantastic. Thank you for listening.